ODs on drugs he stole from an investigation, 40 unmarked graves found at the former St. Augustine Residential School in British Columbia, Canada appears in the Discord leaks saying something that we've said for a long time already, record high food bank usage in southern Ontario, and Canada hands a giant pile of money over to Volkswagen. Good morning. It is Friday, April 21st. I'm Nora coming to you from Saskatoon, and here are your headlines. First to Toronto, where charges in a major drug investigation were dropped after a former police officer testified yesterday. The investigation was called Project Sunder. 114 people were charged with 800 counts. Charges ranged from drug trafficking to firearms offenses and stretched from Toronto to Thunder Bay, reports the Toronto Star's Wendy Gillis. But this former police officer made a mistake, like a pretty big mistake, and one that if you saw it play out on TV, you would say, come on, no one would ever do that. Well, Lorenzino Sansoni, he helped to process the drugs that the cops acquired through the investigations. After he processed the drugs, he went back to the drug locker where the seized drugs were kept, ripped open two bags, and ingested the contents. He thought it was coke, but it turned out to be fentanyl, and his body didn't like that. His colleagues found him without vital signs in his car, not far away from the station. His nose was bleeding, and there was a rolled-up evidence receipt from the investigation that he probably used to suck the fentanyl up his nose. Sansoni had to be put in an induced coma and was hospitalized for a month. He doesn't remember any of it. He pled guilty to theft in possession of fentanyl and got a 12-month conditional sentence. He left the Toronto police. Because of the security lapse, the defense argued that they couldn't account for the drugs seized by the bust. Because of the security lapse, the defense argued that they couldn't account for the drugs seized in the bust. Sansoni is not even the only guy doing this. And, you know, I'm sure this kind of thing actually does happen all the time. Right after Sansoni overdosed, Paul Warden took drug evidence as well. And not just once, but he took drugs an estimated 20 times from the drug locker. He was addicted to opioids at the time, and because of his theft and questionable capacities at the time, he may have jeopardized 17 criminal cases. Toronto police have said that they've installed cameras in drug storage facilities now. Next, devastating news from Shishald Nation after ground-penetrating radar has surveyed the land at former St. Augustine's Residential School. The radar found what is believed to be 40 unmarked graves. Children from 52 nations, Shishal included, attended the institution. Chief Lenora Joe said, quote, As more communities search for answers to share results, I urge you to not lose sight of the devastation and the impacts, unquote. The institution was operated by the Catholic Church and was open from 1904 until 1975. The article says that the National Center for Truth and Reconciliation has named five children who died there. Next, Justin Trudeau has said something that his government has repeatedly said over the past couple of years, but maybe Russia's invasion of Ukraine has made people forget. He privately told officials that Canada will not increase its military spending to 2% of GDP. 
In 2014, Canada and other NATO members agreed to increase their spending on military to 2% of GDP. Canada's spending currently is 1.29%. The comments were included in a leaked Pentagon document that was shared on Discord. But the article doesn't say explicitly whether or not the leak was related to the Discord leaks that are currently in the news right now. They are. The armed forces didn't think that they had the capacity to undertake a major operation and also conduct its leadership training in Latvia, a NATO mission, the leaks say. The NDP-supported Liberals have passed a budget that raises military spending from $27 billion to $40 billion by 2026-27. And there are other interesting things in the leaked document, things that I actually think warrant their own article far more than this 2% of GDP news does. As I say, this has been news that's been circulating for a long time. The Post said the document reveals that Germany is concerned about whether the Canadian Armed Forces can continue to aid Ukraine while meeting its NATO pledges. Turkey is, quote-unquote, disappointed by the Canadian military's, quote-unquote, refusal to support the transport of humanitarian aid after February's deadly earthquake. And Haiti is, quote-unquote, frustrated by Ottawa's reluctance to lead a multinational security mission to the Caribbean country, unquote. Next, from spending $40 billion on military to record high food bank usage, the Globe and Mail's Molly Hayes is reporting that Toronto's Daily Bread Food Bank is seeing need that is higher than ever before in the organization's 40-year history. CEO of the Daily Bread, Neil Hetherington, said that before the pandemic, they had roughly 60,000 clients visit their food bank locations in a given month. This past March, that number was 270,000 people. The Daily Bread has gone from spending $1.5 million a year on food to spending $18 million per month. Hetherington says a third of people using the food banks work full time. The article makes the point that social assistance rates legislate people into poverty. Hayes does a quick survey of other southern Ontario cities too. In Niagara Falls, one in every 10 residences accesses the food bank. In Peterborough and area, visits have spiked from 9,000 to 14,000 people per month. This is a huge number considering the region has 150,000 people living in it, though brings it pretty close to that 1 in 10 that Niagara region has. And finally, a story that is tangentially related to increased food bank usage. The federal government continues in the neoliberal Canadian tradition of treating jobs as an anti-poverty measure. They have promised to give Volkswagen up to $13 billion in annual production subsidies for its new electric battery plant in St. Thomas, Ontario. The Globe and Mail's Adam Redwanski is reporting that the estimate to build the facility was just $7 billion. I mean, not just, but you get what I'm saying. Redwanski writes that this is, quote, by far the most generous support that Ottawa has ever given to lure an automaker to Canada. The number matches what the U.S. government promised to deliver the company if they opened a factory in the U.S. Redwanski writes, quote, the hope is that it will serve as an anchor investment that spurs investment in the mining and refining of battery components, while also benefiting Canadian parts manufacturers who have supplied makers of internal combustion engines and now need to transition to electric vehicles, unquote. Ah, yes, that sweet, sweet hope. Capitalism is nothing but hope. A Stellantis LG factory that is also building batteries was promised $1 billion between federal and provincial funding for their Windsor plant. And that's all the article says, but holy crap, everyone, that is amazing. So, you know, what, 30 years ago, they 
make free trade, which decimates manufacturing in Canada. And then they agree to just hand these corporations our money to entice them to open plants here. Like th- this, this is not an industrial policy. It's a joke. Do you know how far $13 billion per year could go to feed people? But no, it's buying Trudeau a feather for his cap and Volkswagen execs some juicy bonuses. So gross. Those are your headlines for Friday, April 21st. I'm Nora, and yeah, it's Friday. It's Friday. Have a great weekend, unless you're like me, and you'll be up at 3 a.m. to leave Saskatoon. I'll catch you on the other side.